Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing the history of ashes. So let's get started. Hey, Lindsay, again, good to be with you here and to talk a little bit about uh, the history and origins of the use of ashes, particularly for Ash Wednesday, of course, but also for a few other things in our history that ashes were used for. And a lot of times, you know, people just presume, well, it's always been that way. Well, that's not really the case. It's never really the case when people say it's always been that way. That's true. <laughs> the, 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 basically, what when you know when people say that, my to me, is I would say they're. The only thing that's always been that way is that Jesus is Lord. That's the only thing that pretty much has been that well, way. Technically, that's only 2,000 years. But when it started, it's always <laughs> been that way. But not really, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh. Well, I and suppose before, okay. if you're doing it that way, yes, okay. <laughs> we have to look the at Trinity. The, the big picture here. All right. The big picture. Uh, the use of ashes. <clears throat> the... Um, Use of ashes actually goes back in our, you know, Christian history and such. And even beyond that, or before that, uh, goes back to the very origins of Old Testament times. We find uh, the, the mentioning of ashes uh, all over the place. And it's symbolized in so many ways mourning, mortality, uh, penance, uh, rebirth. I mean, uh, so in the book of Esther, um, you find the use of ashes. Uh, you find it with, uh, you know, the use of ashes with the book of Job, with Daniel. Now, what kind of ashes? Well, these were ashes that could have been burned from lots of different things, as opposed to the ashes that we use on Ash Wednesday, is that you, which are the palms of the previous uh, year, year you yeah. on, on Palm Sunday. The blessed the, ashes. Yes. The use of ashes, you know, when it comes to the actual use of ashes, these ashes could have been um, human remains. They could have been the remains of a building. They could have been the remains of an altar. They could have been remains of particular clothing. Hmm. So when they talk about the use of ashes, is that there's just a whole variety. That whole thing was ashes represented for many people. They had a, a spiritual uh, orientation to them. It, it represented, you know, you might say that which was left after everything else was gone. It represented the need to, to start completely uh, new. Like a phoenix rising it, from yeah, the ashes. You know, and so there were a lot of different uh, things. It represented humility. Um, it represented, you know, a, an absolute, you might say, an absolute trust in God. There was nothing left but ashes. <laughs> and so when you look at the, particularly the scriptures, it talks about uh, being dressed in sackcloth and ashes. Now, the sackcloth that they're speaking of is literally a very rough uh, woven material that literally was used to make sacks uh, for carrying all sorts of things. So as you can imagine, it wasn't exactly comfortable to wear. And they would sounds itchy. Very much so. And ashes 
being that, you know, it goes back to the very basics. I mean, you're not even sitting in dirt. You're sitting in ashes, something that, you know, again, spoke of, of the end of things. But also, as you mentioned with the, with the, the legend of the phoenix, for many folks, it, it, it could also spell or, or speak to the fact of, of new beginnings. You had no place else but to go up from where you were when you were sitting in ashes, when you were truly uh, placing your trust, your confidence, your absolute fidelity in God because you had no place else to go. And so ashes spoke of that in, in so many ways. So the so the history that we have, and not only in the Christian traditions, uh, the, the use of ashes goes on to, you know, other ancient peoples and, and ancient traditions and religions um, where ashes was, you know, poured over a person. Uh, ashes, some, you know, so they would bow their heads and they would pour them over the heads or they would literally take a bucket of ashes and pour over the entire person to speak of, uh, your unworthiness, how low you had gone. You had ashes that were rubbed all over sores or different things on your body in order to help bring healing. Um, you, I mean, ashes were, and particularly if you were sitting in or anointed with or, you know, blessed with ashes of a human person, which was also a possibility is that what you had is that somehow the the spiritual essence of that person their strengths their insight uh, their uh, their wisdom that somehow all of that could be like seep into you yeah absorbed you know um, there are other ways that people did that drinking blood and other things like that oh my gosh but you know, ashes were certainly, and then what they would, you would rub these ashes, the person would be stripped, and they would have these ashes rubbed all over their body. So it wasn't a good thing to have ashes put on you? Not necessarily. It could be positive. It may not be. It really depends on, on the source and what they were being used for. Ashes could also be used to curse. Oh, good. And you could, you know, you could take ashes and you could throw them on a person's house. You could throw ashes on a person, and and you know, depending upon the shaman or the shawoman, uh, the the spiritual leader, the whatever, the priest or whomever, is that it all depended on what the um, what the purpose was. And so, for some cultures, it would certainly be a time of blessing. For other cultures, it would be uh, a time of, of cursing someone. Uh, wishing for their destruction, wishing for them ill or whatever. We do not be. want to see a rash of people throwing ashes at houses. No. We don't want that. <laughs> no, you don't want to see that. So ashes, you know, has a lot of history, um, a lot of cultural use for multiple cultures. Um, it's just, I think it's one of those things that you almost instinctively, people will, you know, it's almost an archetype of something, of the end of something, of, of, of burning something down to its very essence, you might say. Similar, it becomes an archetype similar to water. Water is used for blessing or for curse. 
you know, depending on the culture, depending upon what you wanted to accomplish. And so, but it, it speaks of, of life, the basis of life and all of that. And it can speak of destruction. You know, it's, it's, there are a number of things like that when you begin to look at uh, cultural, the histories of cultures, you begin to look at the histories of religions, um, is that you, you had, you know, these various uses of, of, uh, of what people, the point that people wanted, you know, to come, have come across. And it could be really, really good, or it could be really, really bad. You know, all depends. There are cultures, you know, Romans and such, and other cultures that literally would have uh, all sorts of piles of ashes, and then on the top they would have a skull and bones of a human person. That was a warning, you know? Don't mess with us. Don't cross this border because this is what's going to happen. Is that, in other words, other times, again, you were in sackcloth and ashes because you were being about as, as low or as humble, you might say, as you can get. And you recognized everything. Everything depended on God. And you could, it's like, you can only go up from here. And so you have the whole issue of sackcloth and ashes. The um, we have within the scriptures, for example, that that Jesus also refers at times uh, to ashes. For example, that uh, to towns that refuse to repent of sin, although they had witnessed miracles. Um, Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, if the miracles worked in you had taken place in Tyre and Sidon, they they would have reformed in sackcloth and ashes, you know, and which then also speaks to, you know, Jonah, who preaches in the, in the city of Nineveh, says it's so large it took three days to cross, uh, repent, or otherwise Nineveh will be destroyed. And it says that the king in Nineveh and all the people, you know, dressed in sackcloth and ashes. Again, humility, humbleness before God, trusting, oh God, this is in your hands. Please protect us. So there's there's a, a lot of different uses. Ashes also, you know, took on a real symbolic meaning. Uh, we find within the early uh, centuries of the church, uh, Eusebius talks about this. Um, Pope Zephrinius talks about this. You know that. You had people, again, dressed in sackcloth and ashes. Or those who entered the uh, time of to do public penance, they were often sprinkled in ashes or they were required to sit in ashes. Now, these, these, these times of penance could last for days, for weeks, for months, or for years, you entered the order of penitent and you were only given one shot for your sins to be forgiven, is that you had to do the penance, like I said, which could last for years. And once you, you finished your penance, then you could be welcomed back into the community. But ashes oftentimes was used very much as a, uh, as a symbol for penance. Now, what's interesting with all of this <clears throat> ashes were also used, and this goes about the, about the middle of the 8th century or so. 
people who were uh, close to death, you would go, the, the priest would go to their house and a person <coughs> was asked, you know, in a sense to confess. Uh, but again, you, you better be real close <laughs> because, you know, if you were, you confess something and you were forgiven, there was always a penance connected to it. If you lived, you had to do the penance. If you died, you were, you were good as gold. But what they would do is they would, the person lying there, they would sprinkle the body with ashes as a sign of penance. That this person is dedicated now to God. If they live, they will do the penance that's necessary. Again, could be days, weeks, months, or years. If they died, the intent was there and they, we, they would be taken into the kingdom. Are these hot ashes or cold ashes? No, they'd be cold ashes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, these weren't hot ashes. So it's um, not like torture. Oh, no, no, no. That was later in, in different cultures where they would torture okay. you. Where you, you know, you would have to either walk in, sit on, stand amid, you know, burning embers. Mm. And that was oftentimes used for torture. Um, okay. Yeah, these are cold ashes. <laughs> okay, just checking. The idea, be, but you know, even what we, you know, what we see as ashes today, where they're very finely ground, mm -hmm. these would have, you know, kind of like the big chunks. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> these were, you know, literally what you would take out of a, you know, a, a wood pit, a burning pit, uh, maybe a stove of some sure. sort, and they would be in a container, and then they would be sprinkled. You know. You, How comfortable. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Oh no. Excuse me. Yes. Wasn't that funny? Uh, no, no. I just all the. It always it's good when you inhale rather than try to swallow. Oh yes, yes. So okay, the real question is why are we talking about ashes today? Well, the reason we're talking about ashes is because, for several reasons. One, it's an interesting history, and and sometimes the things that we use and are seen as being very common and very normal and very ordinary, we think we know the history of it, and we have no clue, again, mm -hmm. uh, as we've stated before. But secondly, the reason that it comes up is because, uh, one of the reasons, that, the key reason it comes up today, is because of the pandemic. And that there are restrictions now of what we can or can't do when it comes to putting ashes on our forehead. Now, the, the general practice, the traditional practice in the United States, and I make that very clear, in the United States, the traditional practice is, is to make a, a cross of ashes on your forehead. And, and we've all had the experience, you know, of going out after mass or, or out in the evening and you see people with ashes on their forehead. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a real sign value to that. Or you forget it's there and you scratch your forehead and you're like, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> So, but this year they're saying, we don't want you to do that again because we want to keep people safe. And so the recommendation or basically the guideline that comes out of Rome is stating that you can't, well, you know, you can't put the cross on the forehead, that you are to sprinkle ashes on the forehead. Or the, top head, of the head. The yeah. top of the head. And, and, you know, people sometimes, folks getting all up in arms, say, oh my God, oh my God, they're destroying the church. They're not destroying the church. Actually, what they're doing is they're using the practice of sprinkling the ashes on top of a person's head, a practice that has been used as long or if not longer than the cross on the forehead, is that a practice that has been used in different countries 
for centuries. For centuries. Is that, here again, it hasn't always been that way. And it's important for people to know sometimes that, you know, when you think of, about it, we've been around for a long time. We have gone through pandemics and plagues and God knows what else. We have, as a church, we have looked at practices for all sorts of reasons. Practices have changed, been adjusted, been realigned for God knows what reason, but it has happened. And so it's not to panic and saying, oh my gosh, they've just blown Ash Wednesday out of the water, as much as saying, we as a church are able to address this because we've been addressing things like this for close to, you know, 2,000 years. What's also interesting about this, so that's one of the reasons I should say why we're talking about this today. Right, because when this episode comes out, it'll be Mardi Gras, and then tomorrow will be Ash Wednesday. Correct. So it's just trying to, I think, sometimes calm people a bit. It's trying to help people understand a little bit of the history. Because even when it comes to Ash Wednesday, is that Ash Wednesday was not always Ash Wednesday. Is that um, there were, you know, really in the history of our church, is that you had, uh, you didn't have the season of Lent as we know it today. You basically had, you know, three days before Easter Sunday. Um, Lent took decades and decades of time to develop. But even when... <laughs> I thought you were saying the season of Lent took decades. I was going to be oh, like, no. what? <laughs> no, no, to develop. That's news, to develop, yes. To develop, okay. Okay. That, that this wasn't from the very beginning. And in fact, the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday didn't take place until almost 800 plus years after, after Jesus. So we had centuries of people celebrating various... Um, aspects of the faith, you know, uh, penance and all of that, without ever using ashes. And in fact, the Ash Wednesday didn't start in Rome either. Um, it was a tradition that came out of the Mozarabic tradition or the the Gallican tradition. Mozarabic. Uh, these were Christians. They were referred to as Christian inhabitants of Spain under the Muslim. Moorish kings. Um, they're the ones that kind of started some of these rituals. That was in the uh, from about the 11th century to the 13th century, so the 10 hundreds to the 12 hundreds. And then the Gallican also, the Gallican lit liturgy, that's out of the French traditions, is that uh, out of the uh, Gaul, you know, the whole aspect there is that some of these rituals using ashes <clears throat> came out of religious orders and practices that were part of the French traditions. So these were not, this was not a ritual that, you know, had, um, uh, that started from the very beginning. It took centuries, you know, for, for these things to develop. But over time, what's interesting is that once they did develop, it really took off. I mean, there was something, and, and part of this also goes back to the other comments that I made, is that ashes were used for all sorts of things. And when you think about, you know, not so much the negative, you think about the positive of it, is that 
what better time as the whole season of Lent developed, as the the triduum developed, as all of these rituals and, and sacred times developed over centuries. What better time for a penitential practice to be used than Ash Wednesday? And what's interesting is that Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. Mm-mm. But I tell you, is that the churches are usually packed. Which might be hard this year. Might be, but I believe people will be there. But part of that is is that I think we know and understand we are a sinful people. We know that. We get it. Um, we screw up. And, and though we don't like to admit it, and though we try to deny it all over the place, I find it interesting that a day where you know, you're not required to go to church, a day where the rituals take longer than the normal Mass, a day where you're told to give up, to give, and to be nice, and all of these things, where that is really, those are really the, po- the points being driven home of prayer, almsgiving, and fasting, these are the very days when churches are oftentimes packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. And we add extra services, whether masses or prayer services, and people flock to it. But I think it's part of the human psyche that we know. We know that, that we need to be better. We know we need God's forgiveness. And, and when you are marked with ashes... And at times, you know, what's, what's sometimes really funny is, is that you have people who are dressed to the hilt. I mean, they are just, wow. Wasn't that what this, the gospel or one of the readings says for Ash Wednesday? You should get dressed up. You should. Right. Yes. You know, wash your face and all mm-hmm. of that. But, but it's, it's just, I guess my point more being is that not so much that you get, but, you know, these are businessmen and women. These are people of real importance. These are people, and they come in, and you get the schmear ashes on their foreheads. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, because it says, because there is something about, Lindsay, of being able to say and being able to recognize, we all got to get down in the dirt like everybody else, no matter who you are. No matter if you're the pope, the bishop, the priest, or the parishioner, you all got to get down and get dirty because that's what the ashes in some ways say. We're all in this together, and there isn't one of us, no matter how nice your suit is or how nice the dress you wear or how up-to-date your clothes are, <laughs> all of us get marked with the same dirt, and, and all of us are told, repent and believe in the gospel. All of us are told, you know, uh, believe in, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We're all in the same boat. Mm. And and this is one way that that recognizes that. And so there is this grace. You know, it's like the whole city of Nineveh being able to, you know, say, we, we screwed up. Help us, oh God. Whatever God that is. <laughs> and, you know, Jonah was really ticked off because God didn't destroy Nineveh is that whatever God, please help us because we don't want to be destroyed. But all of them from the king on down did the same thing. This this brings us, kind of like levels the playing field. That standing before God, 
ain't nobody better than the other. Ashes speak of that. It's the same dirt on every forehead. Um, and I think those, those powerful kinds of, of symbols, those powerful kinds of signs, speak to the very core of who we are as human beings. And so when we, you know, when we, we celebrate Ash Wednesday, and, and we've also added, you know, services here. Mm -hmm. Both we have the masses, of course, and then we have the prayer services, is that I believe that they will still be full because we know we need this. And, and when particularly, when we are faced with our own mortality, and ashes speak to that. Again, when, when people were sprinkled in ashes, um, you know, we, all of us are going to die and stand before God. No matter how much we don't think we are, we're all going to stand before God. And, and again, the symbol of ashes speak to us of our mortality and how we all need to get our act together. So whether we sprinkle the ashes on our heads or whether we are marked, you know, with, with the sign of the cross, the thing we lose is the visible sign a bit, unless you got really gray hair or you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing we use is, lose a bit is that visible sign. That cross really is significant. You know, again, you walk into a restaurant or you're walking down the street and you see people with ashes on their forehead. Um, that's a little bit, you know, and, and part of that is simply because we're not used to it. That, that's really what it comes down to. If, if this would have been the tradition in our own, you know, in our own United States, let's say, for example, then, of course, you know, we wouldn't think anything of it. But we're used to that uh, visible sign. Do you know when that started the, or why that started in the U.S. as putting it on the forehead versus sprinkling it on the head? That I don't know. I don't know the origins. And, and I was looking for some of that in the materials that I had. That I, I don't know the origins of that. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, and it would be hard to speculate why, mm -hmm. particularly in light of the fact that in various European countries and, and others is that sprinkling on, on the head is certainly, you know, the norm. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to to go a lot deeper and to figure out why why that would have been the case. I'm sure in some ways there's probably a very practical reason. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, just, I'm sure of it. Um, I just, just don't know that. Just don't know that. So going with, with our ashes a little bit, um, as we continue... Uh, to work with this is that um, you have, um, let's see here, uh, it's interesting how I just wanted to make one other comment here that it wasn't until uh, 1091 that Pope Urban II uh, directed that ashes, you know, the receiving of ashes became universal for the Roman Church. So hmm. when you think about that, it's, you know, it's only been over a little over a thousand years ago, which is kind of young, you know, when you're 2,000 years old. Yeah. That how recent in some ways the ritual is, but how broadly used and worldwide it has become over time. And to where, you know, I, I am sure that even, you know, as we approach Ash Wednesday, there will be people that will say, please, can you put it on my forehead? <laughs> uh, sorry, can't do that, you know? 
Not this year, come back. Maybe next year. And And I do think it'll come back because... I think people will be mostly fine, you know, with this one time or whatever. But I really be- believe that it'll come back, you know, to where it's on the forehead because of the of the sign value that it has. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and folks will really look forward to that. Um, so I, I I think it'll come back. It's just a matter of time and and a point of being able to to work with all of that. So it's. You know, so when you think about the ashes and, and, and having people, you know, receive those, to have people think about just how far back that does go. And, and it, again, speaking of humility, speaking of penance, speaking of asking for forgiveness, speaking of, of what it means to pray, you know, well, to, to be generous. Um, and, and But that whole sense of, well, I mentioned this actually a little bit of the homily that I had. It's being able to pray like Job. You know, and I said that there were those two points. One, God's in charge. Ashes speak God's in charge. And the second point being God does respond and trusting that God will respond in God's way. Mm-hmm. You know, and if ashes don't speak of that, you know, I don't think anything does. Because, again, it goes back to the very basics. This is what's left after everything is gone. Ashes. You can only go up from here. You depend on God for that. And so, it, it you know, the, the symbol of ashes speaks very deeply to a lot of people's lives. Yeah. So, it's good. I like ashes on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. I usually just forget they're there and then scrape my hand. You know, and I, I leave them on all day. Me I, too. I just because again, there's a sign value. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know what? It's like, you know, when you, you get that shot, I got mine, or, you know, yeah. you know, I voted or whatever. It, it's a sign value mm-hmm. and said, good for you. Good for you. It brings your Christian community together a little more yeah. than normal. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so we identify. We may not know the person walking down the street, but we, we kind of, it's like, nailed you. I know who you are in a way, you know. <laughs> you go to church. Yeah. And and you are, you know, it's like you are part of this group that we call church. Mm-hmm. There's a connectedness there. Those things are powerful. Yeah. So ashes might seem a little different this year, but hopefully next year we will. Indeed. Be back to normal. Let's hope. Anyway, I think we're going to leave it there on our ash discussion. Ooh, there's a tongue twister. Yes. If you want to reach out to us, connect with us, you can go to holyangelswb at gmail.com. Let us know what your thoughts are. If you have suggestions, whatever. Um, Say hi. We always like hearing hello. Otherwise, uh, we hope you enjoyed that and we will see you next time.